Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Fembrane. Greetings one and all. Good to have you back. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're well. As I always say, I always are. Make sure you, and I genuinely mean it, I hope, you, I hope you're good. I hope you're well. Uh, I'll get into uh, what I've been up to in a minute. Um, I've just shed all my belongings, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, before we get on, uh, I, I, I need to tell you about our wonderful sponsors, the guys that keep the lights on. Uh, as you know, this podcast is being supported by those wonderful lads, Save, uh, Save Our Souls Clothing. Uh, Mark and Stacy doing wonderful things, and uh, and like I said, they're our sponsors. If you go to their website, sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane, and use the promo code uh, membrane, that's one word, you will get 15% off not just down merch but off everything on the, on the site, off their entire collection. So go to uh, go to sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane, use the promo code membrane. You will get money off, 15% off, not just our membrane tees and hoodies, off of their entire range. So there you go. So do that. That would be swell because they're good lads doing good things. Uh, and they are. They're brilliant. They're also looking after our merch for uh, the Tuned Up Time Machine, which is the radio show that producer Paul and I do on Islington Radio with uh, the wonderful Vic Slayton and Big Knobs himself. And so go and do that. They've got they've got all the, all manner of, and they've got some they've got some brilliant designs up there. Uh, they're always they're always working hard trying to push it in different directions. It's such a great uh, clothing site. Save our souls clothing, uh, and it's all ethically sourced. It's uh, and it's vegan friendly. So what's not to love? Get involved and save our souls. SOSclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane. Use the promo code membrane. You'll get 15% off. And that is it. So there we are. There we are. We have got some other sponsors coming up. We're just in the, we're just in the process of uh, sorting that out. So yeah, we're stepping up. We've got other, other, other people supporting us. It's not bad, is it? Not bad at all. Uh, what's been happening? So before we get into it, I have been... I'm now uh, a vegetarian. I'm giving that a stab, and I'm doing all right actually. I'm day four, uh, which I know is not a lot, but I already feel different. I already feel different. I already feel, uh, I feel good. I feel good. And the food that I've been having, he's like, I'm like, oh yeah, this is all right. I know it's not as strict as veganism. I did try veganism for a bit, and yeah, it worked, but it's effort, especially because I'm on the road a lot. So I don't know how uh, vegan comedians and, and musicians and that do it, but. Obviously, there's a lot of planning and a lot of organisation, and being someone who's not very organised, well, not uh, I'm all right, but I need to be more organised. Uh, it's just my brain doesn't let me. My brain is just not an organised brain. My brain is all over the shop. So uh, yeah, so I'm now a vegetarian. I'm having a lovely time. So it's been good. I'm scared to tell people in case they start giving me recipes. I'm like, I know how to do it. I just uh, just telling you that I'm doing it. Um, yeah, so I'm having. A, it's good. It's very good. Uh, and speaking of unorganised brain, I. So the other week, right, I lost my wallet, and I'm like, well, you know, do you know what? It wasn't even a wallet. It had this little. It was like a little. It, it's a little thing, little pod that you keep your ear, your earbuds, your earbuds in that I got from TK Maxx. Uh, it was big enough for cards, and I was like, that'll do. But everyone took the piss. Everyone used to mock me because it had little flowers on it, and it was made of like materials like scuba, 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 <laughs> scuba diving outfit. So. Um, uh, yeah, it just vanished with all my cards, and I was like, "Oh, that's all right. It's got all my cards are on my phone, so I'll be all right." Lost my phone, didn't I? Lost my bloody phone. I don't know how. I don't know where. I had it when I was getting on the DLR at bank, and then I didn't have it when I got off. And I'm, oh, it was so annoying. So I've just been stranded. But luckily, I've got some wonderful people around me, and they've all chipped in and they've all helped me. So bless them. Thank you, everybody. I'm such an asshole. I don't know how I get through my bloody day. I don't know. I get dressed in the morning. Anyway, you know, there's luckily there's other people out there that are organised and just put up with my nonsense. Speaking of which, 
Uh, this week's guest is uh, the wonderful Lindsay Clay. Lindsay Clay is uh, from Connected Brighton, uh, which is a, a small uh, company that she started in the lockdowns to sort of, you know, to, to connect small businesses in Brighton. Because, you know, as you, as you know, everyone was going mad in the lockdown, panic buying this and that and the other. And, you know, and, and saying, oh, the, stock, the, empty, the, stock, the shelves are empty. They're like, well, yeah, they are in the big, in the bigger uh, supermarkets. But if you go independent, which is what I was doing, there was a beautiful little shop run by a wonderful Muslim company, uh, Muslim family that lived around the corner from where we were in Leon C. And they had everything, toilet roll, eggs, they had the lot. You know, it's like, if you just go and have a look, have an investigate, you'll find all wonderful things. And that's, and that's what Lindsay's doing. Bringing people together, connecting businesses. Um, it's a really nice thing. Brighton's a great place anyway. It's a wonderful little city. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's good that now this, she's like sort of connecting people up and they do uh, they do specialist nights and things like that. And you'll hear about that in the, in the, in the uh, episode. And I met her uh, the other week. I did a gig. I do a regular gig every couple of weeks at the, uh, the Earl of Brunswick in Brighton. Um, I was a bit, I was three sheets to the wind, I've got to be honest. I normally like that at a gig, but it's been quite emotional, so I'd had a few pints. And uh, Lindsay was there in the audience, and uh, we, we got chatting beforehand. And then I was like, all right, you know what, if that's what you're doing, just have a chat. So come on the podcast and have a chat. And we did, and she's lovely. Uh, and you'll find out in a minute. So uh, coming up in a bit is Lindsay Clay. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Uh, you good? You had a good week? Yeah, it's been busy. Had an event last night. We were um, eating Mexican food at Talot last night with a group, oh, which was really fun. And the old margaritas, which was fun. I love Mexican food. It's good, isn't it? It is. Not so much next day, but it's good <laughs> at the time. I do love it. I do love it. Um, yeah, good. I've just been... I've just been I lost my wallet. And, what? what? Oh yeah, I lost my wallet the other week, and I'm like, well, that's fine. All my stuff's on my phone, so I'll just use that. Lost my phone yesterday. <gasps> Don't even know how. Don't even know how I did it. Just vanished. I got on the DLR, and it just vanished. Um, so yeah. I've been dealing with that this morning, trying to, uh, yeah, replace everything. And have it's... you backed up to the cloud? I have. Yes. So it's so that much luckily. easier, isn't it? Well, yeah, like once it's just the fact that everything is on your phone. So there's train really? tickets for the weekend, and then there's. Oh. So I've got to do. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like as we've just experienced, like technology is meant to sort of benefit us and make things more easier. And it's such a bollocks when you just when <laughs> when one bit goes wrong. You know, it's the they never talked about this in Star Trek. It was always <laughs> like 
so smooth. Those things never ran out, did they? They're like, oh no, it's recharging. Yeah, there's none <laughs> of that. Nothing never ran out. <laughs> their, their phasers always were set to whatever, and everything was fine. They, they never... didn't have an Android Apple Fire either, did they? Everyone had the same technology. <laughs> yeah. it That's fun. it. Yeah, it was all fine. No one was. Yeah, no one was like, you got an Android? What's wrong with you? Man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I borrow your Apple charger? There's yeah, yeah, that. yeah. There's none of that. And now we're in the future. The future's fucking rubbish. <laughs> the thing is, it's so brilliant when it works, and it's so shit when it doesn't. Because yeah. we rely on it so heavily now. Like they've they've made us so addicted to it. We can't. Yeah. We don't know what to do when we don't have it. Well, this is it. Like you say, it's you know you don't realise until I knew. As soon as it had gone, I didn't have my phone. I just felt it. I'm like, ah. Oh. But I, I, I don't even know where it went, but I could feel that it had gone. And you don't realise how connected you you are with it. You know, you just, yeah, it's everything. And it's ridiculous. And to, to, I'm a bit sad that it is like that, to be honest. You know, like, I mean, like the irony of talking about connections with you, uh, with what we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, that's a good connection. But I think the fact that we rely on our phones too much to be connected. Oh, 100%. I, I, think, I yeah. totally gave up on social media last year, like during mm. the pandemic. After you'd have this really beautiful, like, loving, like, we're all in the same storm in different boats and can I come and do your shopping? And everyone loved each other. It was brilliant. And then the government, you know, Dominic Cummings had his moment and the whole of Brighton just went, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was like parties on the beach and pissing in the streets and it was awful. And, I'd, and then Black Lives Matter, the awful George Floyd mm. um, incident happened and I was like, I'm out, I can't do this. Wow. And um, I just felt like I was opening a gateway to hell every time I went into social media over that summer. And I've only yeah. just come back onto it because of Connected, because obviously if you want mm. to yeah. get to people, you, ha- you have no choice but to do social media. But now I just look at food and booze and so it makes me happy every time I open it. <laughs> I think that's what you have to be. I've literally, literally just had this conversation with producer Paul. We were just having a bit of lunch downstairs and we were just talking about that. The fact that, you know, he, you know, they don't have the news apps on their phones now, he, him and his family, and, and I don't have it either. And I don't know why we need to know all the news because yeah. it's, there's, you can't do anything about it. It's, that's the thing. You can't change. It's, it's awful and it's terrible. The things that are going on in other countries and, but, it's our government that are supposed to be dealing with all that and us knowing about it, it doesn't really benefit us because like, we're not the ones causing all this, all these problems. We're not the ones causing all the friction and because I'm pretty sure that if all of us, if it was down to us, we'd be, we'd be accepting people from other countries that are coming from war-torn places, hopefully. Most of us would. Most of us would, yeah. There are I some, like to I think. Do, yeah, I do know there are some family members that would disagree with that, which is a shame, yeah. but they're all on Facebook spouting off about that. Um, no, yeah, you know, Facebook yeah. is the other thing, isn't it? And it's giving everyone a platform and everyone a voice. That's yeah. the other thing. And it's never the good news. You, you never get the good stuff. It's just not good for people's mental health. Like, it's no surprise mental health is where it's at. No, no. When you think of what we're exposing ourselves to as adults and what we allow our children. I, I think in 10 years' time, we'll look back at the way that we've given children mobile phones in the same way we look at the airline students used to wear paper dresses and people smoked on a plane. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think, I think we'll just be horrified. Like, what did we ever yeah. think we were doing? Exactly. We, you don't, I think there, was such, uh, there were more innocent times when we, we didn't know as much. Like, we knew bad things were going on and we knew you know, the news programmes were on sort of three times a day or whatever it was, and, and you, you kind of just, you knew things were bad or they were bad in bad in places, but you kind of went, well, you know, it is what it is. But now we're bombarded with everything and we know everything and we know, like we always knew politicians were dodgy, but we didn't know to the you know the depths of it. We kind of went, yeah, well, you know, they are what they are. Long as long as it doesn't impact on us. But now it's just, we know too much and we ha- and we feel we have... We can, and um, you shouldn't be able to call uh, politicians names. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like we shouldn't have that. It's it's a weird thing. I mean, we all want to, but we shouldn't have that. It's a weird mm. thing that everything's opened up now. But even when you look at the behaviour in the house in itself, like I feel so embarrassed when at the very very odd occasion where I'll watch a debate in the house of how they talk to each other. It's like a mm. bunch of kids and you're like, yeah. so these are the grown-ups that we've entrusted to run the country on our behalf who can't even play nice in one very beautiful room together. Yeah, well, this I is it. It's, it's, yeah, you end up watching. It's like the, it's like the, uh, it's like the custard pie fight at the end of Bugsy Malone. 
Yeah, yes. you're just not as much fun. No, exactly. And you're so like you've just said, you know, you're like, you know, you're we've elected you, or you know, we haven't, we all right, we haven't all elected you, but not all of us, but, you, but no, you've been <laughs> the majority elected, yeah. entrusted you. <laughs> exactly. You're supposed to be there to represent us, the people. You work for us, yet we're always made to feel like we're it, it's us that works for them, and it's insane that that's that they managed to to spin things in that way. Oh, and yeah. they and we and I think a lot of the problems that we're experiencing at the minute is because we don't have any leaders. We don't have anyone that's going right. This is what we're going to do. This is how we get out of this shit. Yeah, they're just making sure they're all right. And it and it's. I just mean that from being a kid. Like I wasn't into politics as a kid, but as a kid, I could have told you more global leaders than I can now, and yeah. I trusted them more because there was a real gravitas about them. Yeah. And actually, now there's no one with real gravitas anymore. No. Like I don't. No. I don't really know any of them, really, particularly. I just think no. they're all a bit ropey and a bit dodgy. And like you said, we know too much and it's too graphic. Yeah. That's the other thing. We shouldn't know the level of detail and we shouldn't see the level of imagery that we see either. I think it's, it's so bad for everyone. The things that you can see now on news channels that yeah. any kid can look up BBC News and have a look at. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing as well is that because of the internet, you know, everything is available mm. and you're only two clicks away from you know horror or disgusting things you know filth whereas when we were kids you didn't have that you know if if you wanted to find that sort of thing you'd have to go and find it literally go and find yeah. it but now but it's that, just there that's what really worries me though about what, what every age group i think especially kids they're just so desensitized to everything because they can mm. they can go and watch an arcade of beheading if they want to and they can you know they can watch whatever and you know Porn hasn't changed particularly either, and the impact that that has on both sexes. Like, I know, sort of talking to guys that feel that they've definitely done some damage themselves because they've just mm. enjoyed porn too much. Um, yeah. And as well as what women feel they have to do now, and again, it's so everything is so graphic and it's yeah. so accessible. It yeah. Is, I don't have kids, luckily, so I don't, you know, by fear for everyone else's. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Mine are older now, so. They, you know, they're old enough to make their own decisions, which is good. But you know, it was a worry for a bit there. And we're talking about connectivity, and that's what I think. We've said this a few times on here. When the lockdowns happened, and I think that's when we realised that we actually do need to be connected to each other. That's how we thrive, and we and it was sort of taken away from us that choice. Even if you don't really want to go and see someone, the fact that we couldn't really made an impact on people. I still think that we haven't really gone through the collective PTSD from that period yet. No, you, know, no. you couldn't hug your, you couldn't hug. So I live on my own and I remember going to see my mum, which strictly wasn't meant to do, but sitting at the end of the stairs of her front of her house mm. and having a cup of tea. And she was crying and I couldn't, hold, I couldn't hug her because obviously you didn't know if you had the virus and therefore we were going to hurt, could hurt her more. So I just had yeah. to sit there and watch her cry. It was like, that awful? Horrendous. And my mum's a real people person. I'm a real people person, but I actually really enjoyed lockdown. <laughs> I, just <laughs> love that, I love that there was no FOMO or FOBO. I was like, well, sunbathing it is. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. The first one, everyone was strangely zen. Everyone yeah, yeah. Like, We're like, oh, isn't the weather nice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just go up, just play games and have a nice time. Yeah. I, I, think... I don't... I don't think we've really realised what we've gone through because we're still in it. Mm. It's still not ending. And now we're going into winter. You know, that's caused a whole new set of anxieties for people. That's, I know I've got friends who still haven't come out even over summer that didn't wow. feel, you know, I'm like, Jesus. This, mm. Whereas I kind of threw myself into it a bit more. Yeah. Um, safely, obviously. But I, I just think there's so much that we went through during that period that just still hasn't quite hit us yet because i think oh, while definitely. you're while you're in it i know that from like when i've gone through tough times in my life the whole time you're in it you're just in it and you're fighting it and you're you're doing it you've, you've got to get through it you know smack a smile on it put your big girl pants on like let's go mm. i think when it's all over i think there will be this i think we're already seeing some mental health rise anyway with hybrid working where people have got anxiety about getting back on tubes and trains and cars and now the petrol crisis on top you know we're yeah. just building this mental health crisis we are i fear yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's, it's yeah, more. I, I was saying this earlier. There are everybody I know seems to be on uh, uh, on the edge. You know, everyone's really struggling with with mm. with everything, and it's and it's difficult trying to trying to say to everybody, going, look, it's it's going to be fine. Stop looking at the shit. Stop looking at it. Yeah, just stop trying to prize yeah. people's hands off that now. They're like you were saying because mm. they've had access. 
I remember that with the government, um, like in my corporate career, I've been very kind of analytical and data orientated, evidence based. And so I was amazed when they did the daily briefings and they were sharing all this data with the world. I was like, wow. Mm. I mean, kudos for sharing it. Could have made it in a way that anyone could actually understand it, you know, halfway there. But now we've got used to that level of detail, haven't we? Yeah. So now I'm trying to prise people's hands off the information. Yeah, we're all addicted to it. We're all, we're all addicted we all, to it. Yep, it's terrible, I mean, I, and I get it. And that's uh, and having not had my phone since yesterday, I can actually start to feel myself sort of, sort of like coming back down, like relaxing, going, "Well, you haven't got it, so you're gonna have to do something else now." Yeah, all those things you said you'd do. <laughs> it is, <laughs> but there's probably something that's quite nice about that detox, though, for you, which at mm. some point I'm not having it. Once you know it's on the way and everything's back on it again, once you yeah. get it, but. That, um, you know, I know friends that do digital detoxes and they won't look at it for, you know, X many hours and they'll yeah. do this, that and that. But we're, it's just that reliance and that addiction. Yeah. But I know I'm just as bad. Well, this is it. We're all as bad. And there's books I like to read. I do like to read and I've got a stack of books that I want to read and I just keep picking them up and I'll read a couple of pages. But then I'm like, my brain's like, no, this is not what we want to do. Books are boring. <laughs> Let's go and look at pictures of whatever on Instagram for 20 hours. <laughs> Oh, Instagram hole. What does your um your explore page show you when you go onto like to go to search for something? On Instagram or yeah, on anything. Like, on Instagram. Um, what what holes do you fall down? Oh, it's normally uh classic cars, um weird art and uh what is it? <laughs> Bands, music, a lot of music and bands oh. and cl- uh, clothing. A lot of clothing. I follow a lot of men, like stylish men. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. yeah. I just love that you can click on one thing once and that's it. Your explore page is like, oh, I think you like this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, do I? I become obsessed yeah. with those videos, like dancing videos. Because oh, I looked at one, one once. I was like, oh, that's fun. That's it now. That's well, like the way t- like tries to show the, me. The TikTok ones. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. perfectly in sync and because, you know, I throw my own shapes, although I'm trying to go to a dance class every week at the moment to support this Hope Dance Centre and promote what they do, as I like to promote local businesses, as you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. That's kind of fun. But I could, I, you know, I'm probably safer to dance on my own in the nightclub or something. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. Once I get going, uh, it's like the boulder from Razors Have Lost Up. No one's stopping that. <laughs> no, exactly. I had to dance to my own tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's well, because after a few gin and tonics, I will kind of channel my inner J-Lo. So I will just become like, you know, my own mini J-Lo or what I think is J-Lo. I mean, it's probably yeah. a car crash in the making. <laughs> me, nice. I'm the sexiest thing going. <laughs> It'd be nice to see the two things next to each other, like the J-Lo version and your version. I might, yeah. <gasps> never, <laughs> ever record it. We're never going dancing. <laughs> That'd be really funny. So you, so Connected Brighton yes. is, is you. Did you, did you start that? I did, yeah. So yeah. I started it in lockdown. It's funny looking back, it's only been six months and it's been a, a, such an amazing learning curve. I, I had such a build it and they will come attitude that I set it up as a limited company within like three days of putting an Instagram live. I yeah, right. So, I was just so confident that it was going to work. Um, but yeah, so literally in lockdown, so in, in the March, I just thought, well, I'm going to give some city tips because so many people are moving down here and I'll just talk mm. about you know, businesses that are still going and where you can get takeaway coffee from because that's all you could do at the time. And then it just built from there to waiting until the rules changed and working with the rules. You know, we did outside outside sports for the Patonk while we could. Oh, wow. We were allowed to go in anywhere. And then when you're allowed to go anywhere, you could only do it in six. And so you just kept to six. And then, you know, we've just moved with the rules as the rules have changed. And now we can have 12. I only have 12 people because I really want people to have a chance to talk and connect. And it means nobody can get lost because I can always yeah. make sure that everybody's talking to someone and having a good time. And I said, that's our, my USP really is the small groups and connecting people. Mm. Yeah. It's only, it's just a baby business born in lockdown. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. And and, and, uh, no better place to do something like that than Brighton. I always find Brighton is, there's so much going on down there and and people seem to be more open to being connected rather than say, I don't know, like for instance, London, I think London is so full on. And it's so expensive. I know Brian's expensive to live there as well, but I think London doesn't give a shit about you. It's, you either keep up with it or, or tough shit, you know. 
And that's something that always amazes me about London. I've got lots of wonderful single friends in London. It always fascinates me because I'm like, how can you be single in a city with so many people in it? But I think it's exactly that. It's quite over, it's quite overwhelming. And where do you go? And yeah. you know, we're going to look at doing some connected events in London as well because I've spoken to friends up there who are like, this is, we need this here. So I want to. My dream is to have a connected group in every city, Brilliant. so that there is a connection. And there are things like meetup. You know, if you want to do free stuff, you know, meetups amazing. If you're very niche into what you like, you know, you've got hobbies. You know, again, yeah. there's meetup and there's different things that you can do. But I felt really passionately that I wanted to support local businesses so everything I do supports a local business and that's how we get our groups together so we yeah. work with the various partners we do bespoke menus or activities get small groups together so that we achieve the aim that is you know you connect new people they get to build their network make new friends you know people have started dating some of the girls have gone on holidays together some people have swapped work between them as well it's like it's a real network it's brilliant it's but brilliant. it all has to be done through supporting local yeah which is fantastic which is early. I, I in the first lockdown when people were talking about ah oh, the shelves are empty the shelves are empty uh, and you know yeah they are in the little in the they are in the big supermarkets but if you go to the little independents yeah like, there was a full. there was there was yeah there was a there was a shop that I used that I started using and it was just run by a, a Muslim family and they had everything in there stacks of eggs toilet roll everything and you're like that's why well I know why people aren't going in there. But it's, where we live is quite a, uh, they're not up for diversity. Oh, I see. Yeah. I so, have the same yeah. view as you, though. So I remember going on Facebook and saying to people, just go local. Yeah. Although it does cost a bit more, so I definitely noticed the shops around here. I went in to buy like a lime, a cauliflower and some milk, and it was like six quid at one point. And I was like, mm. how do you just talk me through the pricing? Um, <laughs> and where I live in Brighton, obviously everything's biodynamic <laughs> and organic. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go to the organic butchers. And I got two chicken breasts, and it was eight quid. <laughs> wow. They're quite big, though, to be fair. But I, I really wanted to support those locals. And also, I don't drive. Um mm. So I just really got involved in local. I've always been able to get everything really easily. Uh, I also, because I, I look a glass of wine, I think uh, lockdown was not the time to give up alcohol, in my opinion. No. Um, and I couldn't get an answer delivery for love nor money. And the local shop does sell wine, but it sells average wine for three times the price. So I yeah. thought, well, I'll um, order wine in. So I ended up using Majestics and just getting cases of wine, <laughs> which oh, is yeah. obviously safer um but it was brilliant so i discovered loads of different wines became friends with the delivery driver <laughs> i bumped into the day said he's he knows um he can make paella like on a grand scale so to come to an event one time and make some paella for us <laughs> another oh, connection so yeah i thought all of that was brilliant just actually discovering loads of little shops i hadn't i've always kind of walked past and not thought much of yeah got to explore them a bit more yeah 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 and you, and you get to find weird and wonderful ingredients in these little places that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get in asda yeah, exactly. Um, We've got this wonderful yeah. like international shop down the road, and the breads they do, all these Middle Eastern breads. Oh my god! I mean, I if you are what you eat, I would love to be eighty percent potato and bread. I mean, I am just carb <laughs> lady, and oh my goodness, the breads in this shop—they are just beautiful. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was a real treat actually discovering new things. I love that about lockdown. Even like walking in the middle of the road—that's one of the things I miss the most. <laughs> Yeah. Is walking down the middle of the road when there's no traffic and noticing, you know, different plants and like all the flora and fauna and architecture I'd never seen before or appreciated. Oh, this yeah. is amazing. It was great. But then the other side of it as well is that there were people that the lockdown wasn't, you know, they they you know, they didn't have they didn't have savings, they didn't have any money that they they were literally reliant on every paycheck going mm. along. You know, it was all every bill was every every bit of money coming in was accounted for. And so the lockdown for them must have been awful. Like, they, you know, they didn't have time to be going, oh, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. They're like, how the fuck are we going yeah, to keep the roof over our heads? That must have been, you know. Yeah, I think, again, like living in Brighton, it was a really good place to be in lockdown because mm. we've got lots of parks. Obviously, you've got the beach. It, it made a real difference. Whereas for people that didn't have any outside space, and, you know, and kids in high rises and I just you yeah. know, tip my hat to all those people that survived that because that must have been incredibly tough like yeah. I, I know in comparison I had it really I had it really easy like I've got I've got lovely I've got a tiny house it's a matchbox but it's my matchbox and I've got a bit, little bit of outdoor space and my family are only 10 minute walk away you know I've got a local shop literally opposite my house so I had everything that I, I needed yeah. um, so I know that I was well catered for but for those that I found it really hard you know friends of mine that you know suffered with COVID anxiety of coming out and what it really meant and, and really catastrophized you know talking to one friend he was saying he really thought that was this was the end yeah and, um, and I, I never really had that feeling of it I just was just 
went with it. Yeah. Um, but everyone is so different, aren't they, in how they respond to these things? This is it. This is it. It was a real, a real test of. I think you really find out who you are when the shit hits the fan. It's how you react to that. Is that's that's the real you, I think. Yeah. You know, whether you whether you you go into survival mode and or whether you just crumble and you just hide under the table, you know, that's and I'm not just no disrespect to either things. It's you know, I think we've never experienced anything like this before, so it was a real it has been a real learning curve for us all. And I wonder with that that empathy element of actually I think we've become much better at saying, you know, it doesn't matter if you if you thrived in it or you only just barely survived it. Yeah. We understand, and we're no one's judging. So you, you do yeah. you, whatever you, whatever got you through, got you through. Yeah. And even now, I think with the masks, I think that's anything now with the rules and the masks and government saying, "Well, that's up to you now." That has caused a bit of an issue. But again, I think if, if people feel more comfortable, it seems to be like another general vibe. But that makes you feel more comfortable. Then that's what you should do. Yeah. And if it doesn't make you feel comfortable, then you don't. Then don't do it. And like no, people exactly. haven't had all the anti-vaxxers and things. It's like we just all get along. <laughs> I know that's it it's just yeah can we not just just yeah can we not just just try Come and get on. through this together <laughs> yeah try exactly. and be a bit more understanding of each other yeah I think I always live in a, quite a, a utopia of thinking that's how people are <laughs> and I like and I like to like to stay in that bubble as much as I can whenever yeah. I can I think you. as well I think Black Lives Matters was really good for that as well in terms of having really difficult conversations mm. that we've we've avoided till now like I learned a ton of stuff through Black Lives Matters and I'm yeah, really grateful for that opportunity and the conversations that I had with, with various friends about it and how we felt about it and you know people who were who didn't realise they were being racist they are being racist and, and mm. still using kind of slavery terms that we didn't appreciate with slavery terms like every time someone says the nitty gritty I'm like oh I don't think we, we shouldn't be saying that yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't caught up because we weren't educated. No. I think now that we've had that opportunity, that, that's, a real, that's a real gift from that whole episode, horrendous episode. Absolutely. That we've got to learn so much more. Well, I think that's it, isn't it? It's, it, it I, I certainly learned that <clears throat> when they talked about privilege and they talked about, you know, they, go, oh, you know the, they were talking about racism and I was going, and I didn't really understand. I'm like, well, I'm not privileged. I haven't, I'm skint, you know, that, and then, when we got into the conversations, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I get it. Yeah, yeah, because the system's racist. You know, there's, yeah. there's, you know, <coughs> you can't, you don't see pictures of um, of black families standing outside the gates of the stately home that was owned by their ancestors. Not ever. No. Because it was all white people. And that, I learned that. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, it is skewed in, the, in, in one direction more than the other. And th- that made me, yeah, it was a real eye-opener that I, I wouldn't have so. had, you know. No, exactly. But I think exactly that point about the system, and and just look, it's really easy for as white people to say, I don't think, I don't think it is racist around here, because how would you know? Yeah, exactly. No one's being racist towards you. No. So yeah, I think that as well was a real. Because again, I like to think that people aren't mean and horrible, and where I live, everyone's nicer. But they're not. Then they're not. You're always going to get your pockets, aren't you? Which is mm. like it blows my mind that, that people are homophobic in Brighton. I'm like. What? You chose the wrong place to live, pal. <laughs> yeah, Brighton uh, is gay. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, it's the gayest. That's why we love it. <laughs> so it just blows my mind when, when you hear about homophobic attacks here, like of all places. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> just, I just find it baffling. And the same thing, I think, you know, that, that just the empathy again. Like, everyone's different. You know, we're all learning. We're all learning different muscles. You know, trans yeah. is a really new thing. Only for in the last couple of years, really, for me personally, kind of meeting trans people and trans people who want to be known as one gender or another or as a, as a they and a non-gender. And it's, that's a new muscle for me to get used to and make sure that I'm always saying the right thing. And I know sometimes I get it wrong and I'm learning. And that's the, again, I feel grateful for the opportunity yeah, to learn. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's that, it's not being afraid to ask questions or I've learned that through doing this podcast that I am more I am more brave with like like last night, for instance, I was with somebody who's a a, a trans man, and and I and I said, "What are your pronouns?" And I'm like, "Oh, he he him," and I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool, cool, cool." Which I wouldn't have been able to have done a couple yeah. of years ago. I would have panicked and assumed and and tried not to look like a twat and upset somebody. When really, if you just ask. Yeah, um, it's it, 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 they both sides should be open to the conversation, you know. So you should be fine. I think we're we're definitely getting better. I think it's having the conversation instead of just calling people out and labelling yeah. them for not being empathetic or not caring or, 
you know, being different. It's actually, can we just, again, like, can we just all get along? Like, tell me what you want to be known as and then I can, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of, yeah, because, you know, it, it, it's shouting and hollering on both sides, you know. There's the people like, you know, like you and I, we're trying to find our way and we're trying to make sure that, you know, we get it right. So we ask the questions. But then there's other people that, on both sides, that are a bit more... Like there was someone the other day and they were going I am tired of being misgendered I am tired and I'm like okay but you're not opening yourself up to be to be asked any questions you're just straight away in with the outrage and, oh, and, and then you're on the defensive aren't you because when you feel attacked because I, I know because I like to think you know I try to live my life as I try to be a good person I try to get it right you know, I try to be a good girl all of those things and I definitely get things wrong like 100% yeah. but yeah. that's very I need to I need to learn and need to know what's the right thing to do. And sometimes you can only know that if somebody can tell you what the right thing, what the right thing is to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent. But it's a mind, but it's a minefield, and it's new. It's it's a new muscle for a lot of us. But to just attack people before they've had a chance to try then makes you not want to try. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, That's it. And that, and again, it's it is fear that stops people from you know a lot of this hatred and hate speak and things like that is from fear. People are scared of looking daft. So they attack it. You know, they, they you know, yeah. they, certainly people of my generation that I've seen on Facebook and things like that. And you're like, yeah, you're not, I get what, yeah, you need to not be, don't be scared. You know, no one's trying to make you look stupid. Yeah. You know, but that, it, it's, yeah, you know, it'll get better. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Hopefully. It's already, it's already got so much better. Yeah. I think from those of us that are engaging in it and saying, okay, teach me. I want to mm. know. And, and we'll, we'll drag everyone else with us eventually. But I, I already think when I think of different, you know, advertising campaigns, celebrities, um, influencers, what you can see now on the, on the telly. Um, I think that's had a huge shift from where yeah. we were 10, 15 years ago, probably even five years ago. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. So going back to going back to Connected Brighton. Yes. So what was so you're in lockdown? What was the inspiration? What did you was it from ordering from like like you said going to these little independent places and you're like actually there's something here they need a, they need connecting. So it was kind of twofold really. So I was watching some of my favourite businesses do everything that they could to stay afloat. You know, mm. pubs were local pubs, so the independents were doing, you know, picnics and takeaway beers and, you know, everyone was doing that, the home cooking stuff or just anything they could to keep going. And I thought, yeah. God, as soon as we can, I just want to do whatever I can to go around and help um, support these guys. So there was a kind of the definite kind of business as- aspect to it and wanting to get Brighton back on her feet again. Mm. And there was other aspect of it, of the personal side of, you know, I'm born and bred in this city, but my friendship groups had already changed exponentially from friends having children when I didn't have children and I got divorced when friends didn't get divorced. And that shifted the dynamics. And since then, I've, you know, had lots of other other friends that I've met through work. But, I've, you know, we're not in the offices anymore. You're not making the same connections that we were making. And everybody um, I knew that was single suddenly was in a relationship. And I was like oh my God, we're going to come out of this. I'm going to have no one yeah. <laughs> to hang out, to go out in the evening with. Like I've got lots of lovely friends. I'm so lucky. But they tend to be friends that want to do, you know, like a morning walk or a brunch. Whereas I want to go to a really fancy restaurant in the evening and, you know, really make the most of what Brighton has to offer. Uh, so I thought there must be other people in the city who are like me that are just looking for fun people to hang out with and do fun things. Yeah, and if we do, brilliant. And if we do fun things, we can do it by supporting our local businesses. So then the two ideas just kind of came together. And I originally thought it would be a bit of a dating diners club. Um, I thought, just throw it out, throw the net out there, say, this is what I want to do, who's up for it. And actually, I've attracted singles as expected, but also couples who are new to the city, where we don't have a network either side. And therefore, it's a safe space to come and meet new people. Or one half of the couple loves Mezcal, so we'll come to our Mezcal night. One half loves kayaking, so we'll come to our kayaking event. And know that you can do that, again, in a, in a space that's not about kind of trying to pair people up or matchmake people. There's no pressure. It's just nice people. So I always say my niche is nice. So if you're nice and you want to do nice things, then you should come along. Yeah, lovely. That's nice. That look good in a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should get that. Get some I should merch. trademark that, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, nice. I love merchandise. I like that. I give everybody a badge when they come to an event. I love, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're working. We're working already. Um, yeah, it's funny. I remember because my so my my nan and my family they my on my dad's side. So my my nan lived in Burgess Hill, and my family my my uncle and aunt and my cousins 
they used to uh, they used to work live on a farm in Ditchling. So yeah. I'm aware. So I used to come to Brighton a lot when I was a kid. It's been really interesting watching how it's grown from and where it is now. I mean, the, the lanes were always there. They've always been there. The weird and wonderful little shops and things like that. But over the back of those, like especially up by the station where it's all hotels and where the buses go now, that was just waste ground when I was a kid. And round the back of the lanes was all like uh, abandoned warehouses and waste ground. It is mad how much yeah. it's developed. Because I remember growing up as a kid and Brighton was just seemed like very boho, very grungy, very studenty. Like when we were kids, we only went to the same restaurant for everything. We went to Aldoimos, which is still there. Like any birthday or anything, we went to Aldoimos. I didn't even know that Indian food could be eaten in a restaurant until I was about 21. <laughs> it just didn't have that kind of food scene. And then I remember going away traveling when I was 25, went to Australia for a year. And prior to that, I'd worked to my local pub. It was like sticky floors, ripped seats, yeah. you know, couple of lights out um scampi and fries came back and it was like bare brick you could get kettle chips and strawberry beer and my local park was selling ciabatta and cappuccino i was like what's going on what's going on here everyone and then it suddenly it's just got chicer and chicer yeah every year yeah because my nan was a vegetarian so we used to get taken to a restaurant called the laughing onion and Ooh. it was by, it's where Browns is, I think it's Browns, around the back of TK Maxx, it's there. Yeah. That's where the Laughing Onion was. And that was when I was a kid. So I remember going in there quite a bit and experiencing vegetarian food. But I didn't experience that anywhere else. It was only in Brighton. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but I used to love, I just loved Brighton. I've got a lot of fond memories of it. Just because we never went, for, we used to go to the beach now and again, but we always used to go to the lanes and... And it was all, I just found that more interesting as a kid as well. Like you could hear different music and people dressing differently. I think that's, I think it influenced me a lot growing up. I think Brighton's brilliant for that because there's just a bit of everything. I remember being about 12 and in boots and I was going up the escalator and then coming down the escalator, there was like a guy dressed as a lion, someone else dressed as the Tin Man, someone else dressed as Dorothy. And I just didn't think anything of it. It was like 11 o'clock on a, on a Saturday. I just sort of glanced over and just glanced back again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just really conscious of, not that I was shocked that I'd seen them, but I was just shocked I wasn't shocked. And it was like, ah, Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> never know what you're going to find, do you? You know, my grandparents always used to call our house the pub from Star Wars because you never knew what you were going to find. Because my yeah. mum loved to like, pick up every waif and stray going. Oh, Still amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's brilliant. Um, but you can get that in Brighton. And you can just be, be whoever you want to be. Like, no, one, no one's ever really questioned it. I think no. in terms of that conversation of how, you know, as well as the cities evolve, but also how we're evolving culturally, Brighton's probably always been ahead of the curve in that. Yeah, definitely. And you've also got, so you've got the beautiful, you've got the beach and the, you've got the wonderful, the, the wonderful city itself. But then you've got, just up the road, you've got Devil's Dyke and you've got the Downs. So you're surrounded by that as well. And, it you know, it's such a, a straight, it, once you go, it's funny, once you go over the Downs and you're into Brighton, it, it does feel like you're in a different world. It's got its own little microclimate around here. It yeah. does feel like a bubble. And it's funny spending more time around the different burbs of Brighton because I'm very Preston Park based. So five ways Preston Park. That's where I grew up. Like my mum and my sister are still just down the road from me. And then as part of the business, I'm moving around a bit more. And also in lockdown, I remember doing like big walks, going around all kind of Queen's Park Ward and then around Kemp Town. And I'm spending a lot more time in Hove. And you just appreciate, and they, they feel very different. It's like London, isn't it? When you kind of move between like, you know, Mile End and Shoreditch or wherever, you can sort of feel the difference. They've each got their own kind of different style of communities and Definitely. different views that you get. We've got such beautiful parks around here. I love Queen's Park, going up to see the swans and loads of real tropical flora and fauna around here as well, which I never really... Yeah appreciate it it's like a little it's like costa del brighton isn't it <laughs> it is yeah i tell you going back to seeing unusual people just wearing things i tell you, there was a there used to be a guy i don't know if he's still around he was in sutton over over sort of kingston way and he was dressed in a he's a wizard basically he had this big yeah. he wears this big purple cape with moon, gold moons and things on it and he walks around and i think he's a, he's got a hawk on his arm and he walks around. I'm, I'm sure that's what it was. I'm pretty sure I haven't made that up. <laughs> I do remember. I hope though. it's true because it sounds yeah. amazing. And especially doing it in a place like Sutton. Uh, Brighton, you kind of go, yeah, that's Brighton. But Sutton, you know. I loved how everyone embraced Disco Pete in the city. So do you remember? Do you remember Disco Pete? He only just passed away just recently. No. In the last year and a half he passed away. So it's this old fella who used to wear these trousers with fire 
emblems on them, like fire trousers. And he'd be at the front of every gig, you know, he would be there with his white gloves on, like dancing away. Even that got into like wheelchair bound, he'd still be being pushed up to the front by somebody so he could still get to the front. Like absolute legend. They've done, the graffiti artists have done um, a mural to him as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and you, you see all the young folks. So when you go to, well, I remember going to, God, who a Dizzy Rascal gig or something in Brighton, some kind of festival, Disco Pizza at the front. It's probably 80-odd at the time. And all these young people are going up and having their, their selfies done with him and everything. He was just like local legend. Yeah. Oh, that's, see, I love that. I love that sort of thing, that someone's just lived their life how they wanted to live it, you know? Yeah. And I think and Brighton will give you the space to do that it just allows that you know there's i know so many people down there that are creatives like i know spoken word artists comedians writers um musicians all sorts of people they all they all just everyone sort of knows each other it's a really nice feeling it's a good community isn't it yeah. I, that's one of my favorite favorite times of year is the brighton festival i just love i just love it how the, the city is always alive and like you said there's always something going on like whatever you're into like brighton will have it but the festival that's just elevates it yeah. in a way that i just adore i love the creativity and how everybody gets out suddenly there's hundreds of people hanging out in the festival sites can't work out where those people go normally because it seems just as busy everywhere else but we everyone really gets behind the artists and you get to see some really amazing things you've never seen before um i love going to pick of the fringe so you get a little taste of everything and then can recommend yeah. different things to different people i basically just camp out at the warren festival every year as much as i can because i just think it's such a magical time of year Oh, the Warren Festival's fantastic. I did it. I gigged there a few times. The wonderful Dave Fensom uh, was ah. booking it. Yeah. And, uh, and so I got to do it a few times, which was nice. He's um, great. He's a Do you know him? I've just seen yeah. him a lot. Yeah, where I yeah, go, yeah. I go out a lot. I like to support, you know, obviously I like to support local comedy and they're doing more at the Electric Arcade now, now that the Warren Festival yes. on the beach is closed. But I saw Dave a couple of times at the Warren on the beach, freezing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I saw where I saw you last year when we when Comedia kind of teamed up with the Warren and we're on oh, the beach. Oh, yeah. We were all freezing, 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 freezing in the middle the, of summer. Yeah. It was oh. on the beach, wasn't it? And it just, yeah. and, the, and the rain and everything, the wind was coming in sideways. That and, wind. Uh, but, still, but still managed to have a good time. Everyone yeah. had, a, there was an, an element of, I think everyone was like, look, we're here now. We might as well just get stuck in. I think that is, that I did that as well. There was a gig in Western Supermare. It was in an old quarry. And the, the, the so the comedians, in it, I must, we were all on stage and covered, but the people were uncovered. And it, I've never known rain like it. It was, it, torrential doesn't, doesn't do it justice for the size of the rain that was coming down. And the people still stayed. No one left. They still stayed and they still watched it and they still laughed and they still had a good time. I love that. And I the think, resilience, yeah. The resilience yeah. Of, of the people in this country just shone, didn't it, through that? Because it's the same when we were sat on the beach. I remember sat there. It was August, wasn't it? And I had like a massive puffer jacket on, woolly hat, gloves, scarf. But I was going to watch that comedy show regardless because we wanted. We were there, like you said, we can do it. So we're gonna, we're gonna do it. Yeah. Come <laughs> um, hell or high water, <laughs> and I think the high water did come. I think at one point this, you know, part of it got almost washed away, and had to, <laughs> you know, we put the um, stones back again. But I just think that was in it. I loved it when you couldn't go inside and you would see people sat outside pubs with their just their brollies up having a beer because we well, can have a beer, so we're gonna have a beer. Yeah. I was sitting with a girlfriend, went out for dinner and drinks, and we were sat in what I can only describe as an Arctic wind tunnel trying to have a pizza and a bottle of wine. <laughs> we were like, we can, so we will. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But we did get about three quarters of and we're like, should we just take the best home? <laughs> it's just it's too much. We did well, no, try. A friend of mine, she's got a couple of pubs in the East End, and there's one, so some other, me and a couple of friends went went to it. But because you're outside, I mean, you could drink outside, and we found a bench around the corner and we sat on that, and then a few other people were drinking in the street. But then what you forget is that when you're in the pub, the toilet's there. You can just go to the toilet. But because we weren't allowed in the pub, you're trying to find somewhere to pee, and it ended up, and I'm not proud, there was just a river of piss <laughs> down this, going down this street where everybody kept having to go. Oh, and you that forget, was not a good time. <laughs> you forget that bit. You go, oh, yeah, we still need to go to the loo. And we were all <laughs> trying to be respectful. That's the thing I didn't like about um, lockdown, when they shut the toilets. 
because yeah. you know I've got you know friends that have had kids that have to need a wee every ten seconds. You know, older people they need a wee, they need a wee. They just need yeah. access to it, and to just shut them. I was like, why would you let people out and then not give them access? It it just felt mean. It was yeah. one of those points that I just felt really angry about. It's like this isn't, it's not right. You're not treating people right. It's just thought they haven't really thought into it, have they? It's like, mm. yeah, they just kind of went, oh, that you can do that, but you can't do that, and you're just like, well, that makes no sense. And then it's like, and then they're like, well, there's piss everywhere. You go, yeah. <laughs> Open the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think was going to happen? Um, so Connected Brighton, where can we find it? Is there an app or is there, is it something online? There will be an app one day. At the moment it's online. So mainly on Instagram at Connected Brighton or look on the website to see what's on. So it's www.connectedbrighton.com. So event, new events are coming up all the time. It's really exciting. We've got wine tours, we've got wine tasting, fondue nights. We're carrying on with more of our activity-based stuff, more mezcal tasting. Oh, lovely. Lovely dinners. Yeah, dinner in the dark at the cellar, which is going to be super fun. So yeah, we're just looking at all different things that we can do, showcasing the very best of what Brighton has to offer in small groups, supporting local and getting people together. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, Lindsay. Aww, I'm glad we did that. Thanks for having me. All right, take it easy. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.